apparently uh, illegal in the county. Has nothing to do with the home rule. Oh, arson. <laughs> yes. Arson is different. It's pretty much illegal everywhere. Yes. Much like fireworks now. So we did P90X for PT one time, and we did lunges for 45 minutes. And I'm like, okay, my legs are worked out now. Let's do something else. I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Gun Show podcast, the gun show by gun guys for gun guys. Uh, I'm Scott Fuller with Martin Davis. Hello. And Seth Fuller. What up? And what do you got first for us today, Seth? Got through that one pretty good. Uh, Today we have, (laughs) starting off since uh, we just recently went through the 4th of July and uh, there were fireworks and such, I thought we'd talk about one of the uh, unfortunate side effects of fireworks that they are now linking to guns, which is wildfires. Yeah, I just saw where one of the big Colorado wildfires is being blamed on shooters. Now, when I first saw this, I'm thinking, okay, some jerk went out to where he shouldn't have been with some tracers, or maybe he had some tracers mixed in with his regular ammo, and he started a fire. I've started a few fires with some tracers myself. But but the, the federal officials are quoted as saying, sparks off of rocks started the fire. Uh, yes, and it's not limited to any one state. Um, at least 21 wildfires in Utah and nearly a dozen in Idaho have been blamed on t- shooting. And uh, it's also believed to have caused fires in Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico. Um, officials believe steel-jacketed bullets are the most likely culprit. One shot that hits a rock and throws off sparks can ignite surrounding vegetation and quickly spread. Popular exploding targets are also blamed for causing wildfires. Oh, well, yeah. You start mixing explosives in. I don't think you can blame it on shooting because it's an exploding target. You blame it on the exploding, right? Um, yeah. Yes? So if you shoot a fire firework, is it the firework or the shooting? Well, obviously, the shooting is the more evil. Well, pencils write papers. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I don't know what that means. So this is a this is another example of bad journalism, right? Because it starts off federal officials are blaming it on shooting and exploding targets and what else? Well, I what mean, they're trying to do is just lump fire? it. They're trying to lump it all together. Well, it and makes for a better story when you could say fifty-two fires have been started instead of three. It In makes this, for the best story for them when they can put it together and say that it was guns and crazy gun people. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's obviously some sort of agenda here. I don't know if it's pure, you know, anti-gun or it's just thrown in there with the sensationalism of, look at all the fires. Yeah, but when we find out that the guy was actually killing zombies <laughs> and that he was saving the world. Did you just work zombies into the story? Yes, I did. That was impressive. Okay, what, what, what do you Later got? Later on this story, they say <laughs> statistics on wildfires cause Caused by firearms are incomplete because the federal government does not list shooting as cause on its fire reports. But some officials write in target or shoot as a cause, said Jennifer Jones of the National Interagency Fire Center in Idaho. Well, how many of those are written in? It's a horrible article. Yes, it's pretty bad. <laughs> and my favorite is, um, how about, there is... Um, Today, we want. Uh, they're trying to ban it, and um, if ban it turns shooting, there's a uh, yeah. Apparently, a neat but, trick. Uh, one guy in Salt Lake City says, if it turns out the problem is that the few types of rounds, we will not be apologists for them. There are no needs for such tests, Utah State Fire Marshal Brent Halliday said. With steel bullets, you might as well just go up there and strike a match. 
I, you know, I, I don't, I, I, I won't say that uh, steel case ammo is not going to start a fire. I'm not going to say that. But steel case ammo starting a fire has got to be like the rare thing to happen. I mean, well, not according to these this non data. Yeah. It's this bad data we've got here in this story. All right. So moving on um, to a a bigger uh, story. Story. Um, Story. Uh, Stuttering my story. Stuttering story. All right. Uh, Google has – will not allow sale of firearms on their shopping website anymore. Yeah. The shopping website has gone commercial or – no, it's What's to protect everyone. Well, yeah, the, I believe that was be actually their wording. Yeah, no, they use the words we want to keep everybody safe. safe you, yeah. you have the exact quote there from Google. Um, nope, it says they. No. Yes, <laughs> uh, not the exact quote, but it says they ban results related to firearms and other products that they don't deem to be family safe. Family safe. They did get. You rid know of... what you can buy on Google Shopping that's not family. I, you know what? Don't don't. Well, look. here's we'll have what... pictures up yeah, later. Don't no. Here's what bad. they say is non-family safe. <laughs> uh huh. Um, guns, ammunitions, right. knives, vehicles, tobacco, and radar scramblers. Vehicles. Vehicles are like not family cars? safe. Yes. I'm assuming because some of them. I think don't Ford have would be upset. They have five star ratings. <laughs> Well, that's, that's what's interesting is when this story came out, I immediately you know went to Google Shopping, put in something ammo related or gun related or something, and I got nothing but airsoft guns. So fake guns are still safe; they can only put your eye out. Now, the other thing I noticed was that knives were still on there last time I looked. So are the you know is this another bad story? But what's interesting about Google is is they want to turn their shopping into a commerce page. And Google has had their their policy for as long as I've known that they won't put firearms or ammo or stuff like that on their their AdWords or their advertising. So if Google Shopping becomes advertising, it just makes sense that that's where this falls. Now, the interesting thing from an industry standpoint is going to be uh, what comes in to fill the void. Does Bing? There will be other websites that will step forward. And yeah. I had an, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and they said, well, you know, there's not another website out there that's large enough. Well, right. Google wasn't that large a couple years ago. So there is a huge market where somebody could fill that gap. And I know that there are a lot of websites out there that already scrape other websites, and they, sure. are, they are requesting those feeds from Cabela's and Cheaper Than Dirt and Midway USA. They're wanting those numbers, and all it's going to do is help them – and all of these larger companies are going to be advertise, able to advertise on them for free versus having to pay on Google. Yeah, I agree. I don't necessarily think um, – I think that uh, we should uh, work towards not censoring the Internet. I wouldn't call this censoring. I think it would call it selective se- selling. They are deciding not to offer this sort of thing. It's not like – they think that this should not be on the internet. They just particularly don't want to sell the thing. Right. I don't want to go so far off the scale here that we're accusing Google of censoring. It's, uh, you know, it's yeah, like you said, it's their choice. It's their, you know, it's capitalism at work. They don't want to sell ammo through their website, and that's their prerogative. There's other places we can go. 
Yeah, and I, I again, I don't know how many people were using Google Shopping for their firearms needs. And well, could, you could equate that to Target not wanting to sell ammunition and sure. firearms. Yeah. Because yeah. it's their choice, right. and it's the same with Google, I think. Yeah, you just don't go there to buy guns. People Ooh, say easy. they're hypocrites because they are all into freedom of expression and such like that. But again, this isn't an expression. They're not outlawing searches on guns. You yeah, can search you still, guns yeah. on Google, all day long. and you'll find a million websites that will sell you a gun. This is just Google Shopping shopping deciding not to list that no it is a big deal in the industry but i don't see it as a big deal overall do you think it really will affect the industry it it will affect it as as like i said things will scramble to to fill the void there will definitely be a void left and you know the big guys and the little guys who are in shopping will see a hit who's the number one site for selling uh firearms right now yeah i'd just be guessing it's got to be one of the big names buds guns or cheaper than dirt or one of those companies Okay. And do you think they're affected positively or neg- negatively by this? Oh, this is going to be a negative uh, to begin with. It'll probably be a positive overall because people will quit relying on just Google and other websites will pop up to take its place. And there'll be, you know, money to be made that way. And Google's not going to hurt for any money because of this. All right. So the next one uh, we're going to talk about, uh, next thing we're going to talk about is uh, the Zimmerman case. Um, Are we back to that? Yeah, because uh, I guess we'll talk about it quickly, just go through it quickly. Um, A Florida judge on Thursday set a $1 million bond, and so I guess that he had revoked the bond, and now he's putting it back. Well, yeah, because something about moving money, not telling the court about money. How does that work, Seth? The court has to know your financials before they set bail? Uh, Apparently, they ask them specifically the financials to set bail. And yes, they want to know the financials. Um. I think it was obvious that there was a judge who wanted him in jail because it was a high-profile case, and that's why he revoked the bail. Maybe he felt like um, Zimmerman was kind of playing him a little, saying that he couldn't afford it. I think it was specifically that, that in in setting the bail, Zimmerman's attorney did what every attorney does and says, uh, my guy's not a millionaire. He cannot afford this big bail. Right. The judge said it based on that, and then... He switches around and 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 uh, sees that Zimmerman has a lot of money and people complain and he falls into public pressure and revokes the bail because he can. Now, with everything else that's come out lately, do we still think that this whole case is politically motivated? And if it wasn't high profile, there'd be no charges pressed. I think it's got to be. I mean, I think it's got to yeah. be. I think just. You know, if it wasn't high profile, this judge wouldn't have done that. That's now, if it wasn't high profile, he wouldn't have the two hundred and eleven thousand dollar fund. Sure, yeah, nobody would have given him money. But also, nobody would care about any of this. He'd get his bail and he'd be out. The judge, you know, again, I think it's um, the judge saying he thought Zimmerman was going to flee. There was no evidence of that. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, like I said, I think this whole thing is a. Just a high-profile political media nightmare. It's just just everything bad about the system almost. Yeah. And hopefully this guy will uh, prevail and, and, you know, justice and whatever that needs to be done will be done. But, yeah, it's ugly. Isn't yeah. that a slogan for, like, the A-team or something? <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> no, it's not. Nope. Top. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, that we didn't clear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say Mini-14? Sure, is that... No, never mind. Go on. I don't know what Mini 14 is. No. Yeah. All right, so... <laughs> our next story is kind of interested one. Um, a disgraced, as they call it in the story, uh, career U.S. Marine from Hamet 
um, is facing four years in federal prison for smuggling a machine gun into the country. What's a hamet? Um, is that a place in America? Yes, it is a place in America. <laughs> like, it, does it have a state or is it a territory? <laughs> Um, I didn't do well in geography, but I thought I'd heard of every place. Uh, no, you have definitely hadn't okay. heard of every place. So, it looks like it's California. Oh, uh, there oh, it is. Man. Yeah. Well, this is federal, though. He brought a he brought a machine gun back from Illegally, take your pick a stand. Yes, illegally well, possessing right. an automatic weapon, an AK-47. So he bought a trophy rifle home. Now here's the thing: it was a trophy rifle because it had been used by Saddam Hussein's royal guard. So he brought a Royal Guard AK-47 home. Yeah. He's got to know it's illegal, right? He didn't just... pay taxes on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they wanted the $200. <laughs> I think they wanted him to not bring in any Probably machine gold. Now, uh, $20 to the first person who can tell me how he got caught. He told his buddy. He took it on an airplane. No. He was shooting it. No. He put it on the internet. Who created all Facebook. the evil in the world? Google? No. Oh. From the beginning. Well, you two are brothers, so you're probably your mom. Wow. Close, close. <laughs> just, just, wow. I didn't right, see I that beat coming. up this guy. He's yeah. talking about my mama. Don't you talk about my mama like that. <laughs> Gosh, B. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? All right. Say about uh, my mama. What we got? Okay. What's the answer? What are you getting at, If Seth? you were, say, who in your life, Scott. My life, Scott? Yes. Who in your life, Scott. His wife has turned created him in? Not wife. <laughs> Girlfriend. Ex-wife. Oh, what? he told his ex-wife? No, he left the gun with his ex-wife, and she knew where it came from. Well, that's so ridiculous. She called you leave it in, with your lawyer. She called NCIS. <laughs> Whoa, shouldn't... Wait, but she Ooh, was... That's a good show. But she was in possession of it, so shouldn't she be the one that's in trouble, not him? No, I would assume so, but she, but, she would, but if I take someone's silencer, I'm just in as much trouble as they are, as I am. Oh, yeah. So why isn't she in trouble for for having that weapon that's in her true. possession? That's true. Technically, he wasn't possessing it. She was. He gave yeah. it to her. They get him on the import mm. thing. Okay, that's they fine. They will for smuggling it, but it says yeah. he was arrested. Again, it's a story, so who knows. But yeah, it says convicted of possessing. Convicted? Yeah, he was that convicted. Oh, uh, yeah, he's going to jail for a long time. Yeah. How's the jail in military? You were in the military, Scott. How's I the don't jail know. In? I didn't go to the jail. Okay. It's in Kansas. Never... Okay. If you if you do under a certain amount of years, they just send you to the local jail. If okay. you do over a certain amount of you know military jail time, like you get found guilty by a military you know tribunal or Article 15 or whatever. But you it is. were bragging how you were in Gitmo. That there's no that, there's. No, I'm going to butter your pasty bread, boy. Our people are not in Gitmo. The other people are in Gitmo. Am I allowed to say sandwich? Wait. No. No, sorry. You have to bleep that. And you so watch it. Mark. We don't we don't we don't support censorship either. All right, on to one of my uh, favorite stories, a little lighthearted. Um it comes from Australia. And um it's the title of the story is Melbourne's Weapons Bazaar. Guns, axes, lasers, knives, and pit bulls for sale. Well, good day, mate. Did you just end with dogs? Yeah. And what kind of lasers do they have in Australia? Freaking dogs with laser beams on the head. High-powered lasers. High-powered. What does that mean? High-powered lasers. I don't know. Apparently, they have large power. Here's why they were illegal. Here's why those are illegal in um, in Australia, or the Commonwealth, as they call it. People were shining them into the cockpits of passenger aircraft at oh. Australian airports. <laughs> Wait, 
So a laser is a weapon because you can make a little dot in the cockpit? In the cockpit. You could shine it in his eyes. You could blind him. I don't think they can blind him. Hey, hey, I've been shined in the face with a laser in the eye, directly in the eyeball. And Scott was there, and I yelled at the guy for doing it. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, and it got pretty tense. Did you go to your senator and talk about how Who they should be Who lays themselves? Was that me? No. Uh, I don't know. Somebody lays themselves. I don't know that who that funny. was. <laughs> It was not me. (laughs) On a different occasion, it was not me. Plus, when you're at the airport, when when they're at the airport, the pilots aren't really doing anything yet anyways, right? It's not that. It's on approach. That's the problem is that they're Uh, shining it on them on approach. Yeah, but it's a dot in the cockpit, right? It's... There's yeah. no danger. But the here. question is, it's not really a dot at that All distance. Right. It begins to spread. So these things uh, are being sold on Facebook. Do you think it's a it could ND3 be. laser? So Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead. Is that a plug? Are we getting no. ND3 no. lasers? No, keep no. going. Okay. No, not going to happen. Uh, the age. <laughs> okay, so this, this newspaper called The Age has monitored the page for the past week as dozens of people have negotiated the sales of dangerous and potentially lethal weapons also including swords knuckle dusters crossbows extendable batons and bulletproof vests are knuckle dusters uh how is a bulletproof vest a deadly (laughs) weapon is that the exact opposite yeah, I don't. Uh, well, I don't. I'm know. sorry. What is the point of this horrible story? I don't story? know. That's why I got it. <laughs> Apparently, people are selling guns. So then they talk about uh, they are also selling oxycontin, a semi-synthetic opiate known in the U.S. as hillbilly heroin, and purebred pit bull puppies, which owners are required to register under the okay. law. No, 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 no. I've got it. I figured out what's going on. She went to a redneck jamboree, <laughs> right? That's the only thing that makes sense. I guess so. I've I don't know. kind of been out of it for the past four minutes. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not sure where we're going with all that. Uh, you know, it's just a fun story because they were really I, worried I, about selling um, high-powered lasers and pit bulls and stun guns. Um, I just thought that in Australia where, you know, they were – I guess they're worried about it because nothing but criminals over there when they're penal <laughs> colony. Am I allowed to say penal? We just lost our entire Australian (laughs) listenership. Sorry, guy. Sorry, guy. Well, the first. (laughs) No, his name is really Guy. (laughs) All right, for everybody drinking at home, you can take a drink now. So that's all I got for current events. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You bastards. Yes, I do. I still buy them. You no. What's wrong with Hagers? What's wrong with that? I can't believe you buy Dockers. First of all, I don't like Hagers. Do you because, go to 7-Eleven? Um, Do you go to 7-Eleven? I think they stole that name from the comics. Do you and go- I really like that comic book. And don't think he no, gets the credit if he deserves. No, they did from Hagar Horrible. Horrible. No, really? That's where you're going with this. Yeah. That's where I've always gone with it. Whenever <laughs> I looked at Hagar's, I thought, oh, Hagar the Horrible. He's hilarious. Why are these pants called Hagar's? Do, do you go to 7-Eleven, Martin? Sometimes. Absolutely. What? Who else? There's nobody else with you Slurpees. They, yeah, they have the best ones, man. There's nobody else with Slurpees, it's literally. QT has the Slurpee. No, ice. QT has their ice, ice, oh, is ice wonders. Can we say that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and, and Target has it, too, but, you know, when you're gassing up. You buy gas at 7-Eleven? Ices. Target has Ices, not yeah. Slurpees. Yeah, that's true. No, it's Walmart you, that had the Ices with the polar bear. You, yeah, Target does, too. Do they know? Yeah. You, you guys have... What's wrong with 7-Eleven again? They're evil. They're anti-gun. They give away... On 7-Eleven, they give away free Slurpees. No, they give money to the Brady Bunch. 
Brady Bunch? Yeah, we call them Brady <laughs> or Bunch. Or the campaign? The campaign to prevent firearms violence or whatever they're called this week. Oh, they're the bunch. Yeah, yeah, Brady Bunch. Sir Brady, they get money all? for them. Yeah. So my Slurpee money goes to a bad cause. And you work for a yeah. Democrat. Do you think Slurpee money huh, was he, ever going to oh. go towards a good cause? <laughs> yeah, no. He but, works for a Democrat right now. I don't know how really? he can really get upset about all this. Who works for what? Oh, you do. do. No, I do. Yes, work you for do. Obama. No, I don't. Yes, you do. I haven't been federalized. Mm-hmm. I work for Rick Perry. Oh. oh. Have you been Touché, to gun salesman. What was no, the name of his ranch? <laughs> He's been a, he, they, he has his own gun. The governor's special, the coyote killer. Oh yeah, you haven't seen the Ruger? No. This, no. Tell us about it. it sounds interesting. <laughs> okay, did it, everybody remembers the story? Uh, supposedly, Rick Perry's out jogging, and a coyote attacks his dog. Uh, I don't remember the specifics of what. Was kind this of dog at Niggerhead? What? Was this at Niggerhead? You can't say it's that. It's the name of a ranch. We, <laughs> I don't think that's. We're not. I don't. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, keep going. What? So start with so Rick Perry, without jogging, got his dog attacked. Yeah, a coyote goes after the governor's dog while he's out jogging. I guess you know there were no uh, highway patrol there protecting him, or he doesn't have a whatever. It, it, either way, he whips out his little Ruger uh, LCP, I want to say, and he uh, he ends the coyote. So he killed a coyote, and that was big news for a minute, and. Uh, the next thing I know, a few months ago, I saw up on Ruger's website, they have a coyote special. Ooh. Yeah. What exactly yeah. is it? It's got, like, the seal of the state of Texas on it, and it's, like, ah. flat dark earth. And it's got, I think it comes with a laser. I don't know. One of those Crimson Trace or Laser Max or one of those lasers. I have um, <laughs> protected Rick Perry before, just so you know. Really? Yeah. How did, you How did that happen? Um, I w- used to work uh, loss prevention for Fry's Electronics in Austin, <laughs> and he would come. Is that a plug? Huh? Yes, and he would. Uh, they send us free computers. We're good. Um, so he would come into the store and exchange his cheap two-year-old VCR for a new our <laughs> DVD. Excuse me for no VCR for a new cheap DVD player. You sure he wasn't returning it within the 90-day return it policy to get the close. new one? It was old and used, <laughs> and he somehow got the new one for free. Don't ask me how. But they would He's call me... He's a politician. Me, yeah. He's got a uh, silver tongue. The It wasn't the Secret Service. It was the... Um, State Police. Texas Rangers, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's exactly the Texas okay. Rangers, but it's the DPS They for would sure. call me and say, uh, hey, R- Governor Rick Perry is coming in. We need you to keep the cameras on him. And he'd come in and go straight to the line and exchange his, and the store manager would come out and shake his hand, and he'd exchange his cheap, cheap DVD player. <laughs> and uh, then he'd leave. I did that like four times. So I was protecting the president. I mean, sorry, the president-elect. I mean, no, the governor. Wow. You, he almost made it, right? confused, right? right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's called the Coyote Special. Uh, Ruger made a few of them, evidently. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that's pretty it's cool. It's got a state of Texas seal. I'd buy it. Uh, something, something, something. I, I don't have a picture of this silly there. thing. Uh, well, yeah, cool. but yeah, there was a commemorative edition of a Ruger firearm for our great governor. Yeah, he's got such great hair. It's you good. can't hate him. Is it real? I, I want to touch it, but I don't I think do it's too. real. I couldn't tell from the camera room, but it looked real to me. You didn't go out? No, I had to stay in the camera room. I was watching the governor. Not on my watch. Quit sighing. I'm trying to start. All right. I, know- <laughs> I asked for that one, didn't I? <laughs> I noticed the other day that Mossberg started shipping its uh, Model 500 shotguns with a flex system. 
and I thought this was a really neat system when we saw it at the SHOT Show this year. And uh, I was really excited to finally see Mossberg rolling these puppies out. When was the SHOT Show again? January. Oh, that's a while. That's a while to roll out that product, right? No, no they show not the in the not in the gun industry. Yeah, in okay. the gun in the gun industry, they like to show your product about two years before <laughs> it hits the shelf, yeah. depending on the manufacturer. So what is it? The flex system is basically it's uh, for the Mossberg shotguns, and it's a toolless. Um, System that where you can replace stocks and fore ends, and you could already replace barrels toollessly on the Mossberg 500. But now they've added stocks and fore ends, and they've got different sets of fore ends and stocks, and they're basically quick change uh, stocks and fore ends. It's pretty neat. No three ends. For oh, I get it. That's that's yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what Mossberg has done is so you've got your hunting stock on your Mossberg 500. You can reach down, you pull this little T-bar doohickey thing, and you turn it sideways, and you pop the stock completely off, and you grab your tactical four-position collapsible stock, and you throw it on the shotgun, and you turn the T-bar and push it back down, and bam! It takes literally that long. That's pretty badass. It's pretty cool. Pretty excited. And you can change out barrels that quickly or what? Well, barrels have always been that quick to change. It's just the one barrel nut on the Mossberg 500 system. Okay, gotcha. So, but basically, because they've added the stock and foreign to the quick change barrel, you've got a shotgun that is perfectly, you know, variable um, and perfectly versatile for just about everything you can think of. I don't, I can't think of a single, you know, reason why not to have this system depending on the cost it adds. Uh, what cost is it? What? How much is it? Uh, you would ask me that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. I don't remember. The funny thing is, though, the shotgun is for sale, but I haven't seen any stocks and forends for sale. Oh, so the main shotgun itself, but they don't have any replacement right. it's parts? It's not modular yet because <laughs> there's no replacement parts for no, it. No, no, really, really, really. Just buy the shotgun, and we'll get you as many yeah. as possible. We're going to ship them out real soon. We'll come soon. out with two. And I imagine good. we're going to see these systems, these replacement stocks and forens, pretty quickly. Uh, the barrels are already out there, so it's still a versatile gun, but, you know... Once this stuff hits the market and you'll be able to swap this stuff out at a whim as opposed to having to unbolt something or take off a butt pad or tear apart your forend, you know, and castle nuts and things like that, uh, I think this is really going to be a popular product. Well, it's certainly a pretty cool product. Do you think it's going to be uh, popular or... Uh, Extremely popular. You think so? I mean, they offer six different stocks, two different types of forends, and that doesn't even include all the colors and camo patterns. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then right. there's camo about patterns. there's about eight different barrels that they offer as well. Oh, yeah. And, and this goes on to all of the receivers that um, <coughs> you can basically get these receivers in multiple colors. Um, OD, I believe, is one. Coyote Tan is another. Um, is this a fashion thing, or is there a practicality behind it? Or is the, there's a practicality. There is a practicality toys behind toys. it. Well, it's, Both. it's, a, it's okay. a mixture. It, yeah. it, what it allows you to do is it allows you to go out and hunt, and then as soon as you get home, turn it right back into a home defense shotgun. Okay. That way you have multi-purpose receiver while having all the accessories to allow you to do all the other things you want to do. And there'll be a lot of, hey, that's neat Gucci gear stuff done with this. Yeah. But on the other hand, there'll probably be some real good stuff. Like you said, you put your bird barrel on there. You put your hunting butt stock on there. You go out and you hunt birds with it. You put your slug barrel on there. Maybe you swap out the butt stock. They have a... Um, 
They have an adjustable hunting butt stock. You know, maybe you got a scope on your slug barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go out and do that. And then, like you said, you bring it home and you slap your tactical stock on there and your tactical barrel and maybe your fore end with the rails and put a light on it and you're good to go. Another another one of the great things about it, though, is is that they they have different links stocks. So what, what, one of the great things about this is if you are oh, yeah. taking, you know, uh, your wife, your girlfriend, your son, or someone that's a smaller stature and they need that shorter stock, it's nothing but a quick push away. You know, push, twist, knock it off, put the next one on, and, and you're good to go. And it's like having another shotgun there at the range. Makes yeah. it a little easier to clean, too, right? Uh, yeah, about the same. Yeah, okay. about I'd say the about same. the same. Yeah. No, none of the parts that, that really are mainly affected by the flex system um, require the type of cleaning that you have to do, you know, aside from another shotgun. Okay. You, you don't dig into those parts as the, and you wouldn't dig into them on a regular Mossberg 500 either. But it's ju- and it just offers a little bit of versatility that I mean, there's not a lot of shotguns out there that offer any versatility, right? Well, well, no, shotgun by definition is super versatile. This just adds to it. This adds a modularity to the okay. versatility. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I was saying how many of those guns would I ever, how many other shotguns would I ever go hunting with and then take apart to clean and then put back together in a different configuration? Yeah, very few. I mean, you can do it, but it's a lot more labor-intensive. It might require special tools. You know, you could do it now with a Mossberg, but like I said, it's going to require some special tools, and it's going to take some time, and you won't bother to do it. And your With this system, it'll be... Presto change them. Yeah, your field break or your your field stripping to clean it doesn't require you to take the stock off. Oh yeah. So really, you would be going out of your way to do something along those lines. So it it, it like Scott said, it adds that modularity to a shotgun that wasn't that never existed before, unless you wanted to get out your your little tool set and start having the possibility of stripping something out. Yeah, breaking something when you put it back together. Yeah. Um. Do you think this uh this more modular thing is is just a natural development, or do you think it's because people are spending more on guns in in this you know economy and in this uh, political um, environment? Do you think people this is a result of people spending more on guns, so they're getting more accessories, or do you think I, this is just something that's cool and would have developed? I think anyway? that I think that is basically it's it, they're coming out with something that they need you to continue to buy stuff. And, you know, I've already got a Mossberg 500 and I got a 590, so now what else can I get? What's the next thing that I can purchase for this? Well, the barrels that already exist fit on the new stocks and such, or do what I have to start the re- with? Yeah, they'll gun. stock on the, they, they will work on the same receivers. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can use your old barrel um, on the new shotgun and you can use your, uh, you know, uh, old accessories on some of it. Um, but yeah, this is going to be, I think it's both. I think it's both, you know, uh, the market is big enough to support this on one hand. On the other hand, you know, we're constantly developing these type of things. So next up, uh, we got a viewer question. <laughs> viewer question. That'd yes. be neat. Where did they see us? All right. Oh we have a God. question from a listener, a we subscriber. We have a listener, subscriber question. Jonathan Kotu from Fort Worth, Texas, asked us to explain MOA. Now, murder on arrival. That's close that enough. My the, uh, orange and apple. Second murder she wrote movie. Are you serious? You're serious. Murder this. on arrival is you, the murder she wrote movie. You know the names no, of the I murder show. Oh, wow, that was okay. MOA stands for minute of angle, and what that is, it's a uh, term used in talking about uh, optics, scopes for rifles and such. Um, and what MOA is is most people just think of it as one inch. 
of movement at uh, 100 yards. And, you know, mathematically it comes out to that. But more importantly, it's the degree of measurement from the center line, let's say, of, of a scope to wherever the bullet hits or maybe from where the bullet hits to where the scope was actually aimed, uh, those sort of things. It's just a degree of measurement. To now, off, of to how off your scope is. Uh, among other things, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's... basically it's it's how far away the bullet will land from where you want it to land. Exactly. It's, it's, it's about making a – it's without – it's a way of finding where you need to put the scope without making adjustments to the actual scope. So it's your holdover. Or while making adjustments. Or your while making adjustments. Because your can be MOA. They, but, and that will help you fire at longer yeah. ranges. Yeah. So it works out mathematically to where an MOA at 100 yards is about 1 inch. And 200 yards is 2 inches, and 300 yards is 3 inches. So it works out uh, mathematically that this degree of measurement that gets wider, of course, as you go further downrange and away from where you're at, the, it gets, uh, gets bigger, and it corresponds to the yardage markings. So most scopes have a quarter MOA clicks where you adjust the scope a quarter of an inch for each click at 100 yards. And so, you know, at different uh, lengths, there would be different uh, movements of the scope, you know, by how far away you are from it. So if you're further away, you have to click it more. You click it less. Each time you click, it's going to move more. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's going to move a quarter inch at... Now you're going to make me do math, aren't you? It moves a quarter inch at 100 yards. It's going to move a half inch at 200 yards. It's going to move three quarters of an inch at 300 yards. Does that make sense? 400 yards? One inch. Okay. Uh, (laughs) See? I told you don't make me do math. (laughs) Um, So that is MOA. Um, Where does it come into play? Do you see it on the optics that it will tell you that one click is uh, yeah? Usually, your scope will tell you in the packaging. It'll probably be printed on the side of the scope what the actual clicks are for elevation and windage. Uh, Elevation being the up and down movement, windage being the left to right movement of your your sight. And one of the things people use that is they they like to say that I have a sub MOA gun at X yards. And that's kind of one way to determine whether a rifle is, is uh, really accurate. very accurate or not. Right. Okay, and does that have to do with your scope or with um, how well you've adjusted that scope or with the um, conditions of shooting? How does that yes. affect the MOA? All, those yeah, all of that things. Now, yeah, you're going you're gonna to sight your rifle in, hopefully, so at a certain distance... Whenever you wherever you put the crosshairs is where the bullet lands, right? Well, you okay. get to pick that distance. Well, the sight, of course, is a perfectly straight line, and the bullet travels in a parabolic curve. So now you only really get to choose one distance. Now there there you know there's exceptions to that rule. There's actually it crosses the sight line at two points, you know whatever they may be, and each bullet is going to be a little different, and each gun will be a little different. But yeah, basically you have to decide where you want to go, and then at other points of uh, distance you have to decide if you're going to like Martin said hold over or hold under, or if you're going to actually click the scope and move the crosshairs to those points. Gotcha. So you can move the gun or you can move the scope. Right, exactly. Okay, and do do guns ever advertise that they're certain MOA? Or yeah, actually, uh, it's becoming quite popular lately. Weatherby has a MOA line, uh, or they did. They might call it something else now. But anyways, they guarantee that their guns were sub-MOA. Uh, a lot of the higher-end boutique manufacturers definitely guarantee accuracy. 
Um, I know some of the AR guys uh, guarantee accuracy of their rifles. Uh, okay, so let's say you get a fantastic gun. How important is the optics? Uh, the optics are as important, if not more important, than the firearm themselves. I would, uh, I always try to make it a rule of thumb that if you're, you know, you want to buy the best optic you can afford, and if that means, you know, the scope costs three times more than the rifles, sometimes that's called for. Yeah, it, the the one of the worst things that I see is somebody that goes out and spends fifteen hundred dollars on a rifle and then is looking around for the cheapest two hundred three hundred dollars scope that they can get. Right. And my rule of thumb, even including on my twenty twos, is is basically that my scopes cost as much, if not more, than the rifle itself. And that's a good rule of thumb. And and you want to just make sure that you're not. Uh, there, there are places for cheap $50 scopes. There, there's a place in the market for that. Um, and there are places for $3,000 scopes. There's places in the market for that. And everything in between, once again, you usually get what you pay for, but there's a point of diminishing returns. But you've got to keep in mind that you want to buy the best optic you can actually afford for the job that you're doing. And you want to make sure it's tailored for the job that you're doing. So if you're buying a rifle um, and that buying the optics separately, obviously, right. you want to budget for both of those things. Oh, you definitely want to budget. And you usually don't want to buy the combo packs. Yeah, okay. there are some Stay decent combo com- packs out there, but a lot of them just come with the cheap scope to say they're a combo pack. Now, there is a, you know, there's a, I just saw a bunch of combo packs that came with, I want to say, Nikon's. Which are you know a good solid scope? Uh, you probably but do you a have the job. but you still have the lower end Nikon's when you sure, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I mean if, if you're gonna get a two hundred dollar Nikon on a fifteen hundred dollar rifle oh yeah that's you silly. know I mean you you really need to be looking at okay how far am I gonna shoot and what conditions am I gonna be shooting in um, am I gonna be shooting at night if I'm gonna be shooting at night I need to get you know a little bit better optics because like oh, yeah. like Leopold and and all of these. Um, Swarovski, they all have coatings on them that actually help pull light in. So if you're a dusk or um, whatever dusk uh, dusk hunter, basically dusk or dawn, dusk or dawn hunter, then you you know you need to be looking at what features this scope actually comes with. If you're just a guy that's going to go out on a bright sunny Sunday afternoon and go shoot, you could probably get away with a little bit you know lower scope but i mean i'm only talking i'm talking about a, a $1200 scope instead of a 1600 1800 scope right you're going to like i said you're going to hit a point of diminishing returns somewhere above the $1500 mark we're not going to get that much more scope for your money some people need that much more scope some people don't what did oswald use uh the old stuff <laughs> oh i thought you'd have that no i don't it's know ingenious. he had a carcano with a Cheap scope on it, four power scope, I'm sure. All right, well, I think we, the question's not what did he use, but what did the real person yes, that, that shot was my JFK. next question is what did the guy on the grassy knoll use? Oh, he used a nice scope, probably a nurdle. Back a and nurdle? to the left. A nurdle? Back and to the left. <laughs> okay, uh, so we hope we answer. I think that's a pretty good answer to your question. I think we covered it, but more. And uh, thanks. Jonathan Cotu of Fort Worth, Thank Texas. you, Jonathan Cotu of Fort Worth Questions. Send your questions. Wow, what? What did I say? Thanks, JC. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we appreciate you listening. Yes, thank you for being a subscriber. Uh, you subscribing. I want to remind everyone to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast. Follow us on Twitter at gunshowpodcast. And visit our website at www.thegunshowpodcast.com. And uh, 
Tell us what you think. Leave your thoughts. If you have any questions, let us know. Uh, any technical questions, any uh, philosophical tw- questions, whatever you got. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, uh, Dom Fight Gear. And I know what you're thinking. Uh, I don't fight, so uh, I don't know why I would need fight gear. Um, but they have other stuff as well. They got T-shirts um, that uh, pretty cool American flag and Texas flag and a couple others. Um, and these guys uh, sell good products. Uh, they also have a Pro Cut, which is a weight loss supplement. Um, that is real good, helps you lose weight. I've seen it. Uh, it works. So if you uh, want to support our sponsors, this is our first sponsors. They're a real good group of guys. Go to domfightgear.com or just domgear.com and uh, check them out. Buy something. And if you buy something, put into the uh, code. Put in the code Gun Show Podcast, and uh, we'll send you uh, some freebies along with your order. Uh, thanks for supporting us, guys. Mm-hmm.